Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. All right, welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Noah. All right, today we have a guest we've known for quite a while. Her name's Carrie. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And you are an avid listener, and we appreciate that. I love it. It's so fun to hear stories that I can connect with. <laughs> yeah, so it's your turn to share some mm-hmm. stories today, and uh, maybe start out by just introducing yourself and sharing whatever little background you want. Okay. So um, my name is Carrie, and I have I work at uh, university, and I get to work with student teachers, and so I'm kind of embedded in education. I started out as an elementary school teacher. I have uh, two kiddos that have some different abilities. Joey, my youngest, is 15, has a diagnosis of autism. And then I have Kylie, who is 18, who has a diagnosis of Rett syndrome, which used to be on the autism spectrum, but now they have taken it off the autism spectrum and made it something different, which doesn't really matter <laughs> where you <laughs> So that's a little bit I of my d- background and I interest. didn't even know they, that happened. Yeah. It's, what hap- when did that happen? Um, in the most recent diagnostic manual. The DSM the thing? The DSM thing. They took it off. Okay. Which it never really fit very well with autism. There are definitely some characteristics that are similar. And sometimes girls with Rett syndrome have very similar um, qualities and tendencies that kids with autism have, but there's a specific genetic mutation that causes Rett syndrome. Okay. So I think that was one of the determining factors to kind of remove it from, and I think they they make changes a lot to those um, diagnoses because I don't really think they know what they're, (laughs) we don't know what autism is, right? It's just a label that we attach to a lot of different kids if maybe they're a little different and they have some unique traits. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Well, see, I learned something already. <laughs> There's my little science info. Okay. No, I want you to start with question. What was the diagnosis officially like, like for you? Um, well, I think because Joey was my younger child, I'd already been through it with Kylie, so um, I was a little hesitant to get the official autism diagnosis. Mm-hmm. He was a very healthy kid, very physically active. He just was lacking the um, verbal and communication and receptive communication, and so we knew probably at about 18 months that we were going to get the diagnosis of autism, Mm -hmm. but we waited until he was two just because with Kylie, when she was diagnosed with Rett syndrome, it suddenly became like the defining factor of who she was as a person, and everyone saw that label first, and they forgot that she's also this cute little girl who has interests and likes, and they just Mm -hmm. thought, oh, that's so sad, she has Rett syndrome. And then, so we kind of hesitated to get that label put on Joey because I didn't want people to treat him differently. Hmm. But by the time he was two, our doctor's like, you really need to go see the specialist. So you go to like the, um, we went to a developmental pediatrician and he's like, yes, definitely, probably autism. And then they sent us to a child psychologist 
which was a really, really weird experience. It took me seven years before I would take him back to another child psychologist just because of all the negative things she said about autism and mm. his lack of ability to connect with people. He'll never see you as his mother. He's like an, you're like an object to get what he wants. He's never going to do this. And it was really terrible experience because I knew my kid and this person she was describing was not <laughs> who yeah. I had a, I had a wonderful relationship with Joey. Um, he definitely saw me as his mother. He loved to snuggle with me, you know, when he's hurt, who did he look for? <laughs> me. And so it was really frustrating. Luckily I'm a really well-educated person. So I kind of discounted what she said, but I, I feel bad for parents who, and I, I don't think they do this anymore. I think that was kind of, she was old school model, but I feel <laughs> bad for parents who that's what they hear. And then what happens if you believe that? And well, and how much time did she spend with Joey? She told me all these things after she'd spent about 15 minutes with him. Yes. Yeah, so it's impossible <laughs> to, to make evaluation of anybody right. in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very, very long time right. before. We went to see another child psychologist. Yeah, I don't blame you. We we never actually, we got the diagnosis through the school, mm -hmm. and we never actually saw a, a childhood psychologist other than yeah. the school one. Mm -hmm. So, But we, we've heard that other parents had similar experiences, yeah. so it's interesting to hear. So bizarre. Uh, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think, you know, you said something about the diagnosis defining the person and and we 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 welcomed the diagnosis only because it knew it would open doors right. for services for mm -hmm. the for the kids and they got it's about 22 months so not about the right. same time as joey mm -hmm. and we didn't really care but i know there were other parents we that we i've met that mm -hmm. they didn't like that label yeah. at all i mean once you have it i don't i mean it means really nothing because right. every kid is so different and unique but it has i mean and we were living overseas at the time so there were no services that came oh. with, we didn't get anything because of that but it just changed a little bit into thinking like long term like okay we should probably, you know, figuring out how we're going to do some speech therapy, how we're going to do some mm -hmm. of these things to support them, what's education going to look like. Um, so it it does change kind of, I guess, some of your future planning a little bit and what how you think about the future. Right. But they're still who they were the day before they got the label put on That's them. true. <laughs> that it's doesn't change. Right. So do you think you... You and uh, your husband kind of saw Joey's diagnosis coming because of Kylie. I think we did, but we tried to um, we tried to make excuses for some of his lack of communication. You know, mm -hmm. he's looking at her; she's his role model. She's not speaking. Um, we were living in Indonesia. Our nanny spoke Bahasa, so I'm like, he's confused. He's <laughs> trying to figure out English Bahasa. So um, yeah, so we had some excuses for him, but. It was pretty. I mean, he did not engage with toys the mm -hmm. way a lot of typical kids did. He wanted to just line them all up in a nice, neat little row. Yeah. And looking back, before I was even looking for any signs of autism, now that I know, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're not looking for them, he was so physically capable that... I mean, he walked really early, and he was doing all these physical things that Kylie had always struggled to do. Mm. So that made us feel like, oh, he's fine. He's a boy. Boys just talk later. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. He's so mobile. So, yeah. yeah. 
So we had some excuses, but there definitely gets to be a point where like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is not. So, so when you were living overseas, did you have support system? I'm assuming you didn't have family no. there. Did you have any <laughs> friends or colleagues? That we had some very, very good friends, luckily. We had started teaching with them when we were in Saudi Arabia okay. and taught with them there for three years. Both of um, They had a son there. We had our daughter there. And then they moved on to a school in Indonesia. And then we had Joey. And then we followed them to Indonesia. Okay. So they are very, very, they're like family to this day. We see them every summer. And so they were great. They were with us, actually, when when we got the diagnosis. And so we had them, and we also had help with, we had, like, a nanny. Mm -hmm. um, we had a cook. So I got to spend a lot more time with my kids because there weren't yeah. household things that I was worried about getting done. Okay. So that was kind of nice. Um, we got to, we were teachers, so we taught in international school. So we got to come home for lunch every day, and that was really oh. cool. You walk home your lunch is waiting for you on the table because you have a cook you have that now right <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and so you get to hang out with your kids for lunch and then you go back to work and so it was really cool so we had the thing we had there that we don't have here is time which was really nice but we, joey is the reason we decided to move home okay. kylie was doing very well but joey started preschool there and we just felt that that preschool teacher didn't she had no special ed background um she liked joey but she didn't know how to help teach him. Yeah. And so we thought we need to move back home so we can. And we had to actually, we were really lucky because we had a speech therapist on camp there who okay. would work with him every two or three days. So that was great. But his schooling experience wasn't what we wanted for him. So we moved back to the good old USA so we could get him <laughs> enrolled in a special ed preschool, which ended up being terrible. Oh, gosh. Did you guys move <laughs> back to this area then? We did. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. We, well, Isaac's kindergarten experience was in uh, regular kindergarten, mm -hmm. and it wasn't for that they didn't want to help him. Right. Just they, didn't. they just didn't have the mm -hmm. support and the skills and experience yeah. that they that he needed, and it just got worse and worse as, he, as mm -hmm. that year went on. And we didn't know how bad it was until... We started coming to visit and, and kind of watching to mm -hmm. see if we could help. And it was by that time he had, it was just not good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it really it had this, his whole schooling experience has really made me understand better how the teacher can really make or break everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, his first, uh, he did two years of preschool here because we had him do an extra year of preschool thinking that might help, I don't know. <laughs> um, but his first year was fantastic. Those teachers were very knowledgeable, super passionate about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So good for him. And then his next year of preschool, also special ed preschool, I think she just didn't really like Joey or mm -hmm. they had maybe personality conflict. Yeah. And she was just always very, very frustrated with all the things he could not do. And so that was a really frustrating year but then he went to kindergarten and it was lovely <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's about the teachers a little bit and their willingness to adapt yep. and change and learn and grow with him and yeah yeah what are some of the fun things you guys have gotten to do because of having children on the spectrum oh gosh i don't know if it's because i mean i, I always say it's like what are some of the opportunities like 
events or people that you've met right. because th- your path has gone down this yeah I think the best like the the thing that for me is about Kylie and Joy's diagnosis and what's come of that are the people right Mm -hmm. like I like there are people in my life now who honestly if they weren't in my life I don't know what I'd do but they're only in my life because of my kids right and so that has been a blessing you realize how amazingly wonderful so many people are like uh, the speech therapist that worked with us in Indonesia. I mean, like she is just like an extra grandma for my kids, like for the rest of her life, you know, she yeah. is not getting rid of us. And, um, so even though she's not really old enough to be their grandma, but she just loved them so much. And that nurturing role that she took with them caring work, she worked with both my kids, you know, just out of the goodness of her heart all the time, as much as she could. She still sends them little Christmas birthday presents you know yeah. she lives in florida now so we don't get to see her very often but um and so she's been amazing we've had amazing respite workers who've come into our home and they become family and kind of they're stuck with us too even though yeah. they don't work and live here anymore you know they're they're family now and uh so i think it's just the people really has been the best gift that we've gotten because the challenges that our kids have had you know they get to do fun music programs they get to explore art in different ways and it's really it's nice to see people kind of come together and want to help and want to be there and want to give them opportunities because I feel like life is all about opportunity right and sometimes if kids have differences they don't get to take advantage of the opportunities the other kids do and so people it's nice to see they can work really hard to provide those opportunities which is nice yeah Mm -hmm. I agree yeah, uh, I think a lot of what has been uh, good for us has been the people we've met. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we've also been fortunate to be able to like go and speak mm-hmm. to people. And yes. it's been rewarding to be able to share and, and help other people. Well, I don't know if we're helping when we speak, but I like <laughs> to think so. Yeah. But, you know, help educate people. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to do the music thing and the mm-hmm. some of the things, too. So that's been great. And no, what about you? I'm going to flip the question on you. What are some mm-hmm. of the things that you've enjoyed because um, of Isaac or some of the, your own experiences? Well, a lot, of, a lot of the family dynamic at home is very different because of Isaac. And we've had a lot of good stories, a lot of good events that have gone down because of that. So what do you mean by the family, family dynamic is different? Can you give me an example? Um, Isaac's very controlling. Like, I really haven't done much laundry in the past 15 years because it's not like I don't want to. It's because I can't, it's because he doesn't love me. Things like that. So he controls, like, he the controls laundry, like laundry and, and the dishwasher. The dishwasher. And, like <laughs> and he's always, he's always wanting you to do Just, what at dinner? Um, I don't know, have ice cream or something like that, do certain things. He's never satisfied with me. Yes, he always wants you to have ice cream. He doesn't <laughs> want you to have silverware. He wants to eat, eat more food. It just goes but on. But not with silverware, just with your fingers. <laughs> sure, yep. yep. He'll, he'll say what? Noah fingers, no matter what it is. Yep. Yeah. So do you comply or do you... I just ignore him. <laughs> Mostly it's just kind of a game. Right. Like he thinks it's so funny. He, oh, yeah, it's hilarious. He thinks it's hilarious. Me, yeah. on the other hand, not so much. But. And it, it, uh, you learn that you kind of have to play along instead yeah. of go He's against it, right? He's persistent, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. 
Yes. Joey can be very persistent in what he was always like at a point where you're just like, I have to give in and do this because he's not going to give up on me. He's going to keep asking and asking until we do it. Yeah. What are some of the more challenging things of being a parent? Well, you have to be on your toes at all times because you don't know what's going to happen or what's going to be interesting. Or When he was little, I would say it's gotten so much better since he's gotten older. The maturity definitely has helped. But when he was little, he was such a runner. And so we were constantly fearful. Like I had the death grip with my hand wrapped around his upper arm, (laughs) like anytime we were out in public, because I was this fear of him bolting and he had no sense of danger. Um, So we'd run right into the road if you would let him. So that was constant kind of fear and worry that he would get lost and not be able to tell anyone who he belonged to or where. Because if you ask him the question the right way, he can tell you, what his name is and what his address is but you have to be if you said it in a way that he was not used to that question being asked he's not going to give you the answer that you need right so um it was that was kind of just fearful a lot of the time you feel like you're living on this constant like little edge of anxiety a little bit he also has gone through several obsessions with soap and water so if you're not monitoring the situation, mm-hmm. you can end up with a kitchen full of bubbles. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. What kind of soap? Like? Dish soap, any soap. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's <laughs> so fun. And then one time I came upstairs and I stepped on our kitchen floor and I heard this like crunch and I was like, what? <laughs> and I took another step in the crunch. I had left a bag of sugar on the kitchen counter and I don't know what he did. He must have had the best sugar party ever because there was literally sugar everywhere. Just like a layer of sugar. Just a layer of sugar covering my kitchen. I even found it like on top of the windowsill in the kitchen. Like he he must must have like swung the bag all over. And so that was fun (laughs) because sugar is not easy to clean up. No. No. You can almost have to vacuum that up. Yeah, and then if it gets a little bit wet, it gets really Uh, sticky. and Oh, it was a nightmare. It was so messy. Yeah, that was fun. And then we were at our friend's house one time, and he he found some red paint. And he got out a piece of paper, but he put so much red paint onto the paper that there was this nice, neat little rectangle (laughs) where the paper was with outlined and bright red paint. Hmm. That was a lot of fun to help her drink. (laughs) <laughs> and then one of my friends, we just had moved into her new house, or she had moved into her new house, and we went to visit, and they had a play area in the basement, lots of toys. I'm like, oh yeah, he'll be fine down there. We go down a little bit later, and he had written Crayola on the outer wall with the crayon. And she's like, well, I'm just impressed he spelled it right. I'm what like, did he write? He wrote Crayola. Oh, he yep. wrote Crayola, Crayola with the crayons. With the crayon, yeah. That's very meta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so she was, she was like, oh, it's great. He spelled it right. It's fine. Oh, my gosh. Like, I have a lot. I used to have a lot of artwork on my walls. Um, he's grown out of that now, thankfully. Yeah. We just give him lots and lots of paper. He loves to draw. So we have reams of paper. He also loves the whiteboard, thank goodness. So oh, we yeah. save paper that way. <laughs> yeah, the whiteboards. We used to have one in the basement here, mm-hmm. thinking our kids would use it a lot, and they didn't. No. <laughs> Joey would. Yeah. Yeah. Joey, like, he loves to draw. Which yeah. is fun because I love to look at his pictures, but you got to get there quickly if he's using the whiteboard because he will He'll erase it. Erase it very quickly. What does he like to draw? 
a lot of characters. Um, he loves the Muppets, so oh. he draws a lot of pictures of the Muppets. And then there are a lot of weird little characters that I have no idea. <laughs> he has names for all of them. He will tell you what all of their names are. Hmm. Yeah. This is really interesting. So he loves the music group OK Go. And I think it's because their um, music videos are very uh, visually... He's a visual kid. Loves visual things. So their music videos are very visually appealing. So he'll watch a lot of their music videos on YouTube. The kid loves YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, he was drawing characters, Muppet characters, but he was giving them these weird names. And I was like, but, but what? So he knows the band members, all of their names, first name and last name. <laughs> and like, and can he can also tell you who is the voice of every Muppet and Sesame Street character from reading Wikipedia because it, it's not on the credits. Right? So he goes and reads Wikipedia to find out their names. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has a, a memory for those things. Yeah. Not always for the things I want him to remember. <laughs> it's for the things he cares about. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, the Muppets and OK Go. Why would you not? I would, I would say, from a, just from any... Or for our kids, anything that they're passionate about, they, they go all in. Yep. Anything they, they're not, it's just like... Right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Social studies right now <laughs> yeah. is painful for Joey because we're learning about manifest destiny. Oh. <laughs> he had no interest. So it was pain. Studying for those tests were painful. Oh. What were some resource groups over the years that you've relied on for support or other things? So I think for Kylie, there is a really helpful Facebook group. And so I've relied, Facebook's been really helpful because you can Mm. connect a lot faster and quicker than sending a mass email and waiting for an email response. So Facebook's been helpful. There's a really strong parent group that I follow on Facebook for girls with Rett syndrome. And I feel like I I probably as a parent focus more on Rett syndrome than I do on autism Mm. because Rett syndrome comes with so many health challenges Yeah, that Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I worry about. Um, Yeah. Joey's super healthy, so I'm kind of like, all right, as long as we're, you know, constantly trying to figure out the communication, help you communicate better, make sure we're doing what we need to do for school, kind of like, all right, you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kylie's diagnosis has given me some perspective on Joey's diagnosis because he's healthy, not yeah. on wood. You know, that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And so... I can appreciate his quirkiness. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're happy and healthy, that's perfect. And yeah. so I guess I have not. There are a few, like, families in the community with kids with autism that are nice to connect with. And we take advantage, like, of spectrum music and things like that that he can go do, which is mm-hmm. really helpful. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I just ask, like, I had a few questions now joey's getting older so <laughs> calling parents of older boys how long is this going to last <laughs> yeah yes we, we, you know just teaching isaac you know how to shave <sighs> we, we're, we're not him. quite there yet well, i'm nervous we, we, we bought him an electric rechargeable yeah. razor and he just has it down on his desk by mm-hmm. the, downstairs yeah and once in a while i'll just hear it going you know just <laughs> he doesn't he has trouble shaving the mustache. Right. So I help him. 
No one has trouble shaving the mustache too. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But it's just things like that. It's just yeah. like, how do you? How do you do this? How do you? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you just have to show, and mm-hmm. it's just with anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's always something new. Yeah. You got to figure out and help them figure out. Does he? Does Joey go from different obsession to a different obsession, or does he kind of stick with? similar ones um he hasn't really switched in a while he is pretty consistent with things that he likes he's okay with new stuff he doesn't mind Mm -hmm. seeing something new but when you give him the choice he's gonna go back to yeah thanks for showing me that video but i'm gonna go back and watch the one i want to do (laughs) how does he do with uh change in routine he is great with changing routine, which is nice. I mean, I we kind of try and prep him ahead of time. We're mm-hmm. like, hey, this is going to be a little different today. We're doing this. And he goes along with it. He's pretty flexible. I think he didn't have a choice when he was little because we were mm-hmm. all over the place, you know, moving here, moving there, new house, new people, hotel, vacation, hotel, you know. So we probably were torturing the poor kid, not even realizing it. But... I think it probably forced him to be more flexible. And because of Kylie, I hate to say, she kind of dictates, you know, our routine more than he does. So he's had to learn yeah. to, he's mm-hmm. second fiddle a little bit. That's really so, interesting because I think a lot of families, the kid with autism dictates the yeah. schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he's been forced to just have to adapt and he's, yeah. he's okay with it now. So it's kind of nice. Mm. Isaac's pretty good. There's certain things in his schedule, in his routine, though, if they, if mm-hmm. they get interrupted, he gets kind of, there's a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as long as you prep him ahead of time, yeah. he'll, he'll he'll complain about it. You know, mm-hmm. he'll just continue to say, I want to go to Hy-Vee at this time. Like, well, we're not going. Yeah. You know, but he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is there are always things that are going to upset him mm-hmm. and not be his preference but he'll be fine. Yeah. Right. So there's going to be some, you know, some emotion tied to that decision, mm-hmm. but in yeah. the end he'll get over it and he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's gotten, is it gotten a little easier as, as he's gotten older? It has gotten easier. Um, what do you, I mean, do you nice. think that's just maturity with, cause Isaac's kind of the same way. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think a little bit is maturity. I think like any kid, you know, you do think you're the center of the universe for a while and everybody should (laughs) cater to you. And then at some point you kind of grow up a little bit and realize I'm kind of just part of this whole moving piece here. (laughs) So I have to go with the flow. And so I I have noticed a greater maturity. Anxiety is still, you know, a problem. Like most kids with autism, he kind of wants to know what's happening and Mm -hmm. when is it happening. But as long as we just, you know, try and let him know what's going on. That seems to bring his anxiety down a little bit. Yeah, Tyan will make a a written schedule mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it's her stuff she's doing. Right, but she'll <laughs> add in the things that Isaac will be doing that mm-hmm. day too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she always does that. Joey loves to check things off schedules. Oh, he does. That's like one of his favorite things. But I'm like, I like to make my list too, and I love to cross things off when I'm done. It's so so satisfying. It's so satisfying. So he's a big, like, because he has his school schedule that he keeps in his folder. And if he has forgotten, like, the end of the day, like, there's, like, an after-school program. If he's forgotten, like, to put a check by that, 
when that paper comes out of his bag, it's like he's got to go get a pen, find a pen, and put a check, check there because it's missing the check that yeah. it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What advice would you give? Would you give parents about kids with autism or having to live with people with autism, mm-hmm. etc.? It's kind of hard because everyone's story can be so unique and different. I mean, we've been lucky in so many ways, like. For the most part, Joey's a pretty happy kid. You know, we ha- we never had to deal with, like, self-injury behaviors. Um, he did go through a phase where he tried to bite people. <laughs> that ended quickly. We put a stop to that. But uh-huh. he's not, you know, violent or aggressive. So I feel really fortunate. Um, so I think the thing is, is, like, their future can be so bright. Uh, you just have to kind of follow their lead a little bit mm-hmm. I don't think like therapy is great but I don't think your life has to revolve around it I think you can do other things <laughs> and enjoy mm-hmm. your kid just for who they are and yeah. not have mm-hmm. to do therapy 24 7 mm. so I don't know I would just, like connect with your kid build a relationship mm-hmm. with, join them yeah. in what they like to do yeah and building off that question, what would what advice would you give people going into education or current educators out there? Be open to learning about that child. One of Joey's probably most frustrating school years was when he had a teacher who they put him in her class because she'd had the autism training. <laughs> and so therefore <laughs> she knew what she to do. Right. Um, that was probably what Joey's one of worst Joey's years because she'd had other kids with autism, but they were different. Than yeah. Joey, and so she had expected Joey to react in the same way mm-hmm. that those kids had reacted, and it wasn't working. It wasn't his thing. So I think you just have to learn about that kid, talk to the people who know that child well, talk to the parents a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> we like frequent communication. Mm-hmm. Talk to past teachers, what's worked, what hasn't worked. One of the biggest aha moments for us, Joey, with his educational experiences, was allowing him to have some control over situations where he was feeling uncomfortable or his anxiety was Mm -hmm. up and as soon as we gave him the choice of saying I need a break Mm -hmm. and that was on like his little 12 grid communication system and then we honored that okay let's go take a break his anxiety really went down because now this poor kid who sometimes the sensory overload or Mm -hmm. um, too much academic stress would just get the best of him but when he had the option to say I need a break. Ooh, his anxiety went down. Yeah. He liked school more. He mm. could participate better. Mm-hmm. But it was all about just giving him some control over his environment. Mm-hmm. And so just be mindful of little things you can do. Some kids like the fidget toys. Joey could care less about the fidget toys. Yeah. But I feel like that's everybody's go-to first thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give him a fidget toy. <laughs> he really doesn't care about that. Yeah. He needs, like, the pressure... He likes, like, tight squeezes on his arms. Mm-hmm. He likes to move his feet and rock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they put little bands on the chair so he can kick his feet a little bit. And so little things like that make a big difference to him. But mm-hmm. there's more than just fidget toys. Yeah. yeah. And, and to get some of those accommodations, do you have to, like, write them up in a IEP? Or can you just talk to the teachers and 
I feel like you should just be able to have a conversation with the teacher and get it. And most, in most cases, I think they're like, oh yeah, let's give it a try and see. And it's yeah. fine. But I have heard stories from schools who seem a little inflexible. Yeah. And like, if you want any change or anything, it's, well, it's got to be in the IEP. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, but most of the, luckily the most of the educators I've worked with have been like, mm-hmm. oh, let's give it a try. Yeah. Now, if it's something really expensive, well, then they're going to say, yeah, then, wait. But if it's something maybe you even provide, right. it shouldn't be a big deal, right? No, yeah. no. I, I had a, I've had a couple experiences in my professional career where I asked for, and this, this seems ridiculous now, but because people have so many monitors, mm-hmm. I, I'm a computer programmer, yep. I asked for two monitors because I had one. Yeah. And they said, well, if we give you two monitors, Chris, everyone else will want two monitors. <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe everyone would be more productive with two monitors. Trying to do my job better. Yeah. <laughs> so I think some requests are, um, I think, are easy to fulfill and other ones. Right. I think there might be that sense. I A couple of times, I, I don't remember specifics, but I think we had kind of the, well, if we do this, then other kids will... Oh, right. You'll set the standard. You set the, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the whole dual monitor thing. It's like, well, if you do it for this kid, we'll have to do it for others. Like, well, this is like, every kid should be. If it's best for that kid, then you should be doing it anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The money is, the money is always the. The, Yeah. The money is. Yeah. yeah. And everything, right? Follow the money. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the things, the accommodations don't have to cost money or much money. No, yeah. they don't. They're simple things. And I always say just be human, right? You know? Right. There are some things that, you know, we don't even know if it's going to work, but let's yeah. try it and see. And right. Yeah, 95% of the educators I've worked with have gotten that and been like, okay, yeah. let's give it a shot. So it's people who sometimes forget that they can do things differently. Yeah. Like they feel like they need to do it the same way every time for all kids. and Right. Can do it differently. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, my last question for you is: If someone were to give you ten million dollars <laughs> <laughs> to go back and do all this over again, would you? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we're in such a good place. Well, I don't know if Joey would say we're in such a good place because he does not love junior high, but. He has gotten easier as he's gotten older. Can I pick him up and carry him where I need him to go? No. He's five inches taller than me and weighs a lot more than I do. But I feel like, you know, I feel like there's so many things like he's he's got down now. Like we can just say, hey, we're going to go to the store and get your shoes on. And, mm-hmm. get- and Noah, we, we go because primarily we started going because Noah plays in the marching band. If mm-hmm. you- and so we've been going, and the first year was a little rough because we had to leave at a certain time because yeah. of routine. And now he just likes going. That's yeah. awesome. He's, he goes, flex- he's flexible with it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah. is I think if you keep exposing them to new things, if you yeah. keep trying, you just don't know what's going to be the, what's going to hit and what's going to miss. Right. But you got to keep trying. Um, you know, I know that some families are like, oh, we can't leave the house because this might happen or this might happen or this might happen. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to go crazy if you don't leave your house. You know, they need to get out in the world and try things. And yep, there might be a meltdown in Target, but you'll probably survive. Tanya and I always talk about having a getaway car. (laughs) (laughs) So if we go somewhere where 
like one of us has to stay till the end. Yes. We'll have, um, sometimes we drive two vehicles. Yeah. We have a getaway yeah. car if we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is you make little adaptations, you try and figure it out, but you got to keep. I mean, like the first time I ever took Joey to one of Paul's basketball games, um, when they were at the state tournament in Des Moines, mm. and this is when he was coaching at the other school, and I wanted to go, and I Joey had to go with me, and so yep. we were going, and it was cold out, so he's wearing his winter coat, and he's probably about six, maybe. So at the point, I can still pick him up, right? Because he didn't really want to go in this big yeah. place, and when you're wearing a winter coat, you're super slippery. <laughs> so he's got he had he had the arm thing down where you put your arms straight above yeah. your head and like this, and the, you try and pick them up, and you're just like, Whoosh. so <laughs> I'm out in the parking lot. I cannot pick this kid up because he's not letting me pick him up. And so Paul's brother was inside. I had to call him and be like, "You need to come help me. I'm in the parking lot." <laughs> got Joey in. Did Joey love the game? No. Did he love being in the arena? No. But he loved the popcorn. So he got several bags of popcorn. And we sat in, like, one of the very, very back little things. And he did it. Yeah, Isaac loves going to the basketball games. Yeah. He goes to the high school games and Mm -hmm. Paul's coaching there. And he he likes going to the games at UNI, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I wish Joey. Joey's not a lover of basketball yet. 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 We'll keep trying. So we'll see. Something like, but, enjoy an evening out without being on a little heightened yeah. level. And so I, I tell all parents that that's nothing to be ashamed of. Get your respite care and use it. Right. And it's also really good for the siblings. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can give them a little bit more. You can go out for dinner, maybe to a right. place that you normally wouldn't go. <laughs> that's not Culver's. That's not Culver's, <laughs> right. <laughs> so Tuesday nights are our respite night. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Tyne and I go out and we do date night. And then like last week we took Henry out for his birthday. Yeah. So just little things like that. Are yeah, like, it's so just important. Just for a couple hours is yeah. all you need. You're not talking... No, and I always like Joey has gotten so attached to some of his respite workers. I mean, yep. they have a great time, so I don't need to feel yeah. bad about that. He's out having fun. Yeah, and... yeah. We mm-hmm. just like you. We have people that we've known for that did respite with our mm-hmm. family, and you know, for heck, these guys are seventeen, so probably fourteen or fifteen years yeah. that we've been doing respite. And we some of the early people that worked with us years ago have their own kids and mm-hmm. families, and we still are yep. close to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no respite. Respite is a good thing. Yes, everyone needs a break. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> we love our kids dearly. We'll love them more after we have a break. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Breaks are good. Awesome. Noah, do you have any other questions? Things you want to ask, Carrie? Nope. Hope you're good. Yep. Carrie, do you have anything else that we missed? Do you want to? Um, no, but um, one thing that Joey always says, instead of saying goodbye to people, he always says good luck. Oh. So that's how I'm going to end my time with you guys tonight is in Joey fashion and say <laughs> good luck, everyone, because who doesn't need a little luck every now and then? I love mm-hmm. that. I know. I love that, too. I'm like, yeah. that's a much better thing to say to someone. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why he does it, but every yeah. time. That's great. Mm-hmm. I like that. Next time I see you guys out in battle, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to say that to Joey. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks cool. for being here. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, great. All right. Thanks for listening.